this is so fun to like have you all around. And it also is really helpful to like, you get to walk around and like, you know, adjust all the worship stuff. But you get to like, I get to get some nervous energy out by just walking around. Um, but anyway, good morning, Merry Christmas, almost Christmas season, you know, it's second advent. Um, my name, like Michael said, is Leslie, and I am the wife of Grant, who was playing the guitar. And um, I'm just really honored to be with you here this morning. I've been told not to stand too close to those, so sorry, Chad. Uh, we are in a series called I'll Be, dot, 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 for Christmas. So today we are diving straight into feelings, which I'm so excited about. I gotta figure out like where I can walk. <laughs> uh, but my hope and my prayer for you during this, this message is to move you one step closer in your feelings journey, whatever that looks like, but also one step closer to Christ and to understand one more thing about emotions and the Bible. Um, I truly believe that feelings have a lot of value. Um, feelings have a way of connecting us, bringing together of people, and in good, like really joy-filled, exciting moments, and then those like really deep, like difficult moments. Um, of course, I'm gonna start off with a story, because stories are really fun. Grant does all of our car maintenance, and I love it, it's awesome, because well, lots of reasons. And over the years, I have jumped in and tried to learn and help him. And there's times that I get things right, and there's times that I don't. And one day we were bleeding brakes, and I don't know if anybody has done this before, but you, one person sits in the driver's seat and like is pumping the brake pedal. And the other person is like at the wheel of whichever brake you're working on. That was Grant, I was in the driver's seat. And I'm pumping this brake pedal forever like it's taking so long and grant's like what is happening i was like i don't know i'm working really hard like i'm i know what i'm doing i've driven this car for a long time and we get to the point where grant is exhausted with ideas and he's like i don't know how to fix this it's not working he calls his friend who's a mechanic and the guy's like yeah sometimes it just takes a long time maybe you should just keep going so we keep going and we keep going then, like, like a long time later, I realize I have been pressing the clutch the whole time. <laughs> I burst out laughing. I am crying. I am laughing so hard. Grant didn't really think it was as funny. Um, but a couple of days later, I'm out to dinner with some friends. And, and they said, oh, how was your week? And I was like, you guys, you will never guess what I did. And so I start telling this story. But it's so new and fresh, I can't, I can't keep it together. I am laughing so hard, my, I'm crying. I don't even think I finished the story and they are both laughing with me. We're crying at the table. The waitress comes by and she's like, you guys need a few more minutes. And we just can't, we can't get, get it together, right? We've shared this moment of like joy and excitement, even if the story wasn't done. And my point with that is that you can connect over things, especially joyful things, even if you don't know the full extent. And it's such a beautiful thing that we get to do as humans you can connect just remarkably well without even fully understanding. And that is just so, so life-giving. I remember leaving that dinner and being like, that was hilarious. Like, we had such a good like, gut laugh moment, and I think we all just felt a lot like lighter with that. And these connections, these moments of connections are one of our gifts as human beings. And I think one that separates us from the animal kingdom, and it goes both ways, right? You can have these really fun, exciting, amazing, joyful moments, and you can have these moments that are just deep and difficult and sad. And I've had the privilege of sharing 
a lot of these tender moments with women that God's placed in my life. Oh, I didn't think I would actually be emotional about it. Good, good thing we're talking about feelings. Some I've known for a long time. We've built a friendship together. Some I think God has brought in my life for specific moments to be able to connect and share who he is. And I, I know that God's gifted me with that. And I don't take that lightly. But in that, I've trusted him with that gifting. I've said, okay, you know what? Yes, sure. And I've stepped forward in it, and I've walked in it, and I've had faith that he's going to do amazing things. Often these moments are of very few words, lots of tears maybe, but just grace-filled moments of understanding people and of connecting, of never actually having the right thing to say um, and not letting that stop me of trusting that God speaks between the words that are shared and connects hearts together in moments of hurt or vulnerability. And you know what's really beautiful? In those moments, nobody's actually looking for a right answer, right? People are looking to be connected with. They want a shoulder. They want support. They want love. They want acceptance. Somebody to help shoulder the load, right? And then you know what's really, really beautiful? I don't actually hold that. I then get to step forward into my relationship with Jesus and trust him with who they are and say, I don't know how to do this, but you do. You are God, and my relationship gets to be grown, gets deeper with Jesus. Whoops. Oh, no. And I get to, yeah, just grow in my relationship with Jesus while ministering with this person. You see, emotions can be felt across cultures, across barriers, and there's so many like movie clips and reels and photos that very little dialogue is shared, and yet we know exactly what's happening. Right? Emotions cross so many barriers. Sentiment can be so clearly understood. And that is one of the coolest things that I've learned in my walk with Christ, is that he is actually full of emotion. So we're going to dive into some verses today to just take a look at how that plays out in the Bible. Um, we're in the book of Luke. And this is one of the four books of the Bible that, be, that start off the New Testament. So these books are called Gospels, and they actually are um, like first-hand accounts of Jesus' life. So we get a lot of information about how to live, how he wants us to live, a lot of direction. Um, and in the following verses, for those that want to look it up, we're starting in Luke 1.26. And in those verses, the birth of Jesus is foretold. Um, I grew up in the church... I had, I had the privilege of growing up in the church. I loved that experience. And most of the time, Bible passages were read um, really like flatly. Has anybody experienced that before where somebody's reading? And I, I don't think that it's done like on purpose necessarily or like maliciously in any way. I, I think it's actually been done out of respect. But because of that, I've had to really rethink and read emotion into the Bible so that they're just more relatable and how me, allow me to really put myself in that moment. So in light of that experience and my kind of experience with that, I want you to picture in these verses as I read them how Mary was feeling in the moment as we read through this passage. So this is Mary we're talking about. She's the mother of Jesus. And in Luke 1.26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, 
You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How, how will this be? Mary asked the angel. I, I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to, be, word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Once you begin to kind of read more emotion into verses, it's a little bit like a, like a whole world is opening up. Sometimes it's a little bit 2D and you start to see these 3D pieces come out, right? And you can picture yourself there. <clears throat> and there's a lot to unpack this message. I'm gonna pull out three things. And with more emotion read into that passage, were you able to kind of pick out anything of like, how, how was Mary feeling? Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Not only is this a massive world-changing thing happening for the world and all of eternity, a massive life-altering moment is happening for Mary. Anyone having a baby knows that it's like, your life is never the same in really great ways. Um, but I think for Mary, it's tenfold because there's just that, that component of like, this is, this is for the kingdom. This is for the world. Like, this is a, a big deal. And I love that it says that Mary, in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled. And I think, like, yeah, I would be greatly troubled too. Um, and, but often we have a lot of reasons in our life to be greatly troubled, not just that if you're, like, carrying the, the you know, king of the world. Um, whether it's unexpected news or challenging situations, um, overworked or overscheduled lives, even joyous occasions, those can kind of have some trouble with them as well. But yet the angel's next words to her are to not be afraid. I think it's, it's neat to know that we can, we can absolutely be terrified. We can be troubled. And we're not, like God does not reprimand us for feeling or that we are feeling. He just says, don't be afraid of what you're feeling because God is with you. And Jesus in these moments wants us to be not afraid, but to trust him through that process. Uh, one of my favorite emotion-filled stories, especially of how Jesus can like, guide people through something really big and heavy, is when his friend Lazarus dies. Uh, the story begins in John 11, starting in 17, but we're gonna kind of speed forward to 32, when Jesus is acting, interacting with a woman named Mary, not his mother, a different Mary. <laughs> There's some couple, you know, Complications is, I'm sorry, I'm gonna move this more. Sorry, whoever that is. <laughs> um, so in verse 32 to 38, it says, Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him and she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had not been, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord, they replied, and Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? Jesus is fully interacting 
on Mary's level, where she's at emotionally, even though he actually knows the end. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and he stops. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going I'm to interact with you. I'm going to feel with you because you don't know the end yet. And how often, are we requ- how often do we know the end story and are not required to go in the, in the middle stuff? Right? This is modeled by Jesus. He stops and he connects and he wants to know, or he wants, like we, sorry, he's modeling that we are to pause and feel and connect with those around us, even though we know it might be okay. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you're sharing with a friend or a, or a colleague or something and you're just feeling a lot? There's a lot going on, um, could be any number of things, and you start opening up to this person and the first response is like, oh, it's, it's fine, you'll be okay, it's good. Um, God's, God's got it all under control, it's fine. And while that all may be true, maybe things will work out, and we do know that God does have it under control, it can often feel so dismissive, right? Of like, well, ugh, like this is how I'm, this is how I'm feeling. Like it's, it's, not, it's not good right now. And maybe it will be, yes, but not right now. And notice that Jesus did not say that to Mary. He didn't just say, well, it, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll raise him. I'm Jesus. It's okay. He sat and he paused with her and he wept and he felt with her. So Jesus is modeling how to do that and being with people in their feelings and then therefore calling us to do the same. So in verse 32, we'll jump ahead a little bit. The angel prophesies that all, all of what will happen to Mary and through her, and he says, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever. His kingdom will never end. This is so joyful, right? This is a joy-packed verse, and Mary ends up actually embracing this joy and and walks forward into what God has for her, and it's a moment of celebration. It's also reflected later in Luke during... um, a section called Mary's Song, so Luke 1, 45 to 46 to 55. And I want you to take a look at your own life and really look into really joyous moments. So I know I talked about really heavy things. We're going to jump to joy because, you know, got to have both in there. But look into some joyful moments that you've had, whether that's 20 years ago or yesterday. Look at something and I want you to ask yourself, are you somebody that like fully jumps in? Are you like super on board with joy? You feel it deeply, you're excited, you're joyful with others, you're willing to celebrate with people and bring them alongside, or are you hesitant? Are you nervous of what's to come, simply experiencing things on a surface level, never really letting yourself feel too much? There's an author I really enjoy who is very knowledgeable about emotions, vulnerability, and how to learn and grow in them. Her name is Brene Brown. And in one of her books, Daring Greatly, which I really recommend, she actually talks about the fact that one of the most terrifying, difficult emotions we feel as humans is joy. She explains that people often look at their life and see that things are going well. Maybe their job is going really well, they just got promoted, they've got great friendships, their partner and them are working things out, maybe they've booked a vacation and they're like, oh no, what's coming next? There's gotta be something bad that's happening. 
right? And we become scared of all the good that's happening and that it will be taken away. So we attempt to kind of prepare ourselves for what's, quote, bound to come. The other shoe must drop, right? And we end up actually experiencing less of that current joy that we're in because we're scared of losing it. She then shares an example, a story of a man who never allowed himself to be too joyful. That way, if things worked out, he was pleasantly surprised. Uh, but if things didn't work out, well, that's okay, I wasn't really expecting much anyway. But then, his wife of 40 years tragically dies in a car accident. And he says, the second I realized my, my, my wife was gone, the first thought I had was I should have leaned harder into those moments of joy because not doing so did not protect me from what I feel now. You see, we need to experience joy. Fully experience it. And as fearful as it is, the advice from those who experienced pain and loss is not to feel less when things are good but to feel more, to embrace all the good that's out there, enjoy all your loved ones as much as you can. Jesus also models this celebratory living. He went to parties, he attended feasts, he celebrated with people, he tells stories of ways that we should be with people and be joyful. We are created to be joyful. We are created to fully experience our life, right? The thief comes to steal and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life and life to the full, which also includes joy. Which I think surprisingly might be a bigger challenge for some of us than feeling deeply with people when things are difficult. So now that we've looked at kind of both ends of the spectrum, feeling things really deeply and feeling things really joyfully. I want to highlight a little bit about the angel explaining to Mary that Elizabeth is also having a baby. A point to prove, I think, to Mary that God can and will do really miraculous things. Right? Because I bet you anything, Mary was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you think this is going to happen, Jesus or God? And he's like, well, also... Elizabeth, who was known to be barren, like not able to conceive, is now currently pregnant with a baby. So God can and will do these amazing things. But also with that, I think it's a gift to Mary to provide somebody who is also going through the same thing that you are or that she is. How powerful is a positive testimony in your life? Right? Somebody you share with someone, you're like, man, I'm going through this really difficult thing. And they're like, hey, hey, I've been there. And you're just like, oh, well, for me, there's this big release of like, oh, okay, somebody's, somebody's going to walk this with me. And yes, Jesus walks us through these things too. But to have somebody kind of manifesting that role with Jesus is so powerful. When we first found out that we were pregnant with Adia, um, one of our good friends was also pregnant, and we were so excited to just walk this journey together. We both had not had kids before, and it's this wild range of emotions of lots of things. You have no idea what's going to happen. But to have somebody who's going along with you at the same time is so helpful. And being, with communi being in community with others when going through anything, whether it's challenging or joyful, is just 
so comforting and so helpful. And I think that was, like I said, a gift to Mary in her bewilderment and confusion and questions of what's going to happen. God is like, I've already prepared this for you. I've taken care of this aspect too. And again, it's another example for us to live in community. So now that I've like, convinced you that feelings are great, they're really wonderful, um, they're not scary, they're something we've been designed for, let's look at how, you're, how to change your life in just three easy steps. Okay, I'm so glad you got that joke. I'm joking. Um, it takes a long time to learn to feel. <laughs> um, so I hope by now that you have picked up on the idea that we have been designed to feel with other people. God's designed us to do this. It's part of our responsibility as humans, right? We need to live this out just as Jesus lived out feeling with others. So, I want to ask you, what's holding you back? Maybe it's just a lack of knowledge or awareness and you're like, man, this is really helpful. Like, I didn't know I was supposed to feel like this. Um, maybe it's just that fear of experiencing true joy, right? There is fear in that. Maybe things just seem too good to be true, so you're trying to protect yourself. Uh, maybe it's just a decision to be fine about everything. Everything's good, no big deal. Um, don't really want to admit that feelings play a vital role in our life. But just remember, if you are holding yourself back from that, we have been designed by God to feel these things. It's part of who we are. And to hold back that is, is also a way that you're not able to then connect with Jesus. So Christmas season, or the, the whole Christmas season, can be quite classic for getting caught up in doing instead of feeling, right? There's lots of things to go to. We've already started our Christmas celebrations yesterday, which was the 2nd of December, surprising. And, and often, yeah, we can just kind of get wrapped up and we forget to feel what we're actually feeling this Christmas. And one year, my mom noticed this and she was like, you know what? I just, I'm not really interested in buying in to this like craziness especially on Christmas, because Christmas Day is wild, and she's like, I want to experience my grandkids, and she decided to cook frozen lasagna for dinner. Caesar salad, garlic bread, it was amazing, and we all reflected on it and said that was the best Christmas. She was in the living room with us. Nobody was stressing out in the kitchen. She played with her grandkids. She experienced all that Christmas was, and I wonder if some of you should skip the turkey this year. For real. Right? How often do we get caught up in a turkey and miss actually being with our guests, feeling with them, experiencing Christmas, experiencing Jesus this season? Frozen lasagna is pretty good. For some, Christmas can just be a very triggering time. It can be really difficult. Um, some may not want to experience joy this Christmas. Some may be fearful of the emotions that come up because something has changed this year. And what do you do with that, right? Do you like ask them to like push into that? Do you kind of ignore it, hoping they won't like bring it up? Because there's a lot of emotion at Christmas. Um, my brother recently, he and his family moved to Cambodia. They're there for a year working with an NPO, like a nonprofit organization. And Christmas will be different this year for us. Right? They're not, they're not, they're not coming home for Christmas. Um, 
And while we wholeheartedly believe in what they're doing and like want them to be there because of what they're doing and what they're doing, and like it's, it's amazing. I love that they're there, but also it's in our human nature to miss them, right? And to just want Christmas to be normal and easy. But that's not really, I think, the point of it, right? I want, I'm telling you guys all to feel, so I'm going to feel too. And it would be easy to distract myself with going to lots of events, lots of dinners, lots of community stuff, and just to pretend that things are fine and we'll just gloss over this year and it'll be better next year. But I don't actually think that would be beneficial. I don't think it would be healthy. Um, and by pushing into those uncomfortable moments and flexing my emotional muscles, when I truly ask my parents, how are you doing? And being willing to welcome any response, I'm loving them as Jesus does, bettering their life and bettering my ability at engaging in difficult moments alongside people, which again is what Jesus did. So I believe when we do flex our emotional muscles, they get stronger and stronger. There's no way into this other than to begin and learn and grow from there. So we are gonna do some emotional exercises this morning. There are some tins with paper and pens at the end of your rows. They look like this. Grab a piece of paper and a pen, pass it down. If any row is missing one, I have one here. So take a couple minutes to do that. Are you the row that's missing one? Oh, there you go. So we're gonna put this into action. Thank you. I love that you're being innovative. Michael grabbed pencil crayons, it's awesome. So this is gonna be threefold. I'm gonna ask you to do two internal things and then one external. So I want you to take time to identify a feeling. I know the paper says a new feeling, but it could be any feeling. So identify a feeling. It could be around Christmas. It could be feelings in general. Um, it could be something that, that I said today that you're like, I didn't know that was a thing. Anything. Um, maybe it's wanting to experience authentic joy surrounding this Christmas season. Um, perhaps you've been the one that's been a, been a little bit more like held back a bit, a bit more reserved. So maybe you want to experience more of that joy without some of that hesitation. Um, it could be unknown about feelings and a bit of sense of bewilderment of like, Leslie talked a lot about feelings today and I don't really know what that means. Could be that. Um, could be a nervous excitement about diving into more deeper and more vulnerable conversations with somebody. For me, it's a bit of apprehension around Christmas, what that's gonna look like. Um, and then really exciting joy. Addie is two, and I think she's gonna love Christmas this year. And I, I think I also wanna stress that, that you can feel two things at the same time. I've really learned that this last couple years, especially in motherhood, you can feel two things about the same thing. You can be excited and you can be nervous about Christmas and that's okay. So think on that for a bit, write that down. And once you have something written down, I want you to push into that feeling and be curious about it. 
pray about it and ask God to change your life with this feeling. It could be as simple as, hey, you know what, God? I realize I have not been super joyful all the time and I want to do that. I'm not sure what that looks like, God, but I ask that you would work in that and you would challenge me and you would show me the ways that I can be authentically joyful in my life. So something simple like that. So the third part is the external part. And this is where I'm going to be really bold. I am. I'm going to ask you to do something that maybe you've done lots, maybe you've never done, maybe it's going to be a hard thing, maybe it's going to be a challenge. But I want you to think of somebody that you know. Um, it, maybe it's their first Christmas without a loved one. Maybe it's somebody who just had a baby and this whole season is all of a sudden different. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe there's a loss of a job or a loss of a dream. Something has changed. Maybe it's yourself and you want to experience authentic joy this season. I want you to write down their name. And I want you to connect with them and ask them how they're doing and just be ready to listen. Offer zero advice unless it's directly asked for, but I just want you to be there and listen to them as they process what's going on. And I really, I want you to pray for them before you do this, before you go into a conversation with them. And then I want you to pray for them during the conversation, silently. And this is one of the coolest things. I've been in conversations with people where I'm like, I do not know what to do. I don't. I'm human. I don't have any, I'm not a counselor. So there's often times where I'm in conversation and in my head, I'm like, oh man, God, please help me. I give them confidence to share, give me wisdom, help me, amen. Right? It can be super short, super simple. And then I want you to pray for them after. I'm asking a lot of you. I do know this. But the thing is, is you don't have to have any answers. You don't have to know what to say. And sometimes those are the most beautiful prayers. God, I don't know what to do. You do. You know this situation inside and out. You know this person inside and out. And I ask that you would move and work and show us who you are. Amen. Right? No answers, but you're there, you're present, you're feeling with people, you're directing them through something big. So take a few minutes, keep filling in that card, think of somebody that God's placed on your heart. Maybe, maybe you don't have somebody, but ask God, right? Pray for, for who, you want, who he wants you to speak through or speak to. And I really want to encourage you that there is no way to walk alongside people and pray with them and not grow closer to Jesus. God, we are so, so grateful for who you are. We're grateful that you have modeled how to be with people, how to feel with people in really challenging moments and in really joyful moments. Thank you for those examples that we can look to you and know a little bit of how to do this. God, thank you for willing participants today. I know that there is a lot to unpack here and a lot that, that maybe sometimes in the church we don't talk about. And I'm so grateful to be able to speak your truth into this morning and to be able to speak um, just what you have for people and the life of fullness and joy and feeling that you have for people. God, I just pray over everyone now that you would give them strength to walk forward in what you've asked them to do. This can be scary. This can be a lot. And I ask that there would be support and guidance and love and grace as they walk through these new things. God, we're so grateful to celebrate you this season. And we just ask that you would highlight ways in our life that we 
have been doing instead of feeling. And I ask that you'd open those up and you'd burst open those little cracks and you'd fill us with you. God, we love you. We're so grateful to be followers of you. And we're so grateful for this time together. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for participating in this new thing. I know it's new. If you have questions, I'd love to chat with you. Otherwise, enjoy this Sunday. Enjoy people. And yeah, have a great week.